Well, good morning. Uh, my name is Tim Froze. I'm one of the pastors here at uh, Every Nation Vancouver, and uh, I'm excited to be here with you all this morning and uh, just to bring the, the message. Uh, we are continuing through our, in our series through First Peter called Dimensions of Love. Um, and we'll get around to talking about love uh, still this morning. But before we do, uh, I'd like to talk a bit about fear. Um, as, as some of you know, um, I have a terrible long-term memory. I've literally had uh, people recount uh, detail from stories from significant or traumatic events in my life. Uh, and it was, it was as if I was hearing the story for the first time. That's how bad my, my memory is. Uh, however, there are also things that I do remember. And one of them is my first day of grade eight, uh, which was also my, my first day of, of junior high. And I remember standing in this massive mob of kids outside the front doors of the school, waiting for them to, to open it up so, so that we could go in. Uh, and I was at a big school, so the, this was like four or five hundred grade eights. Like it was, it was a pretty big group. Um, and, I, and I remember the feelings of anxiety that I had standing there. Uh, my older brother, John, had kindly dropped me off in the middle of the mob and then immediately um, left me alone so he could run off to find his grade 10 friends over at the senior high. Uh, so there I was, alone in a crowd, scanning the mob for any familiar or friendly face. And as I reflect back, uh, now I would, I would admit that I was, I was afraid. I, I desperately wanted to fit in. Uh, I, I, wanted, I wanted to belong. Um, and, and, but there I was all alone in this crowd, afraid of being alone of not having friends at this big new school. And, um, and I, don't, I don't think that that's somehow unusual. I think that, that most people, we, we generally want to fit into the, the communities that we, that we mingle in, that our lives uh, circle a part of and just connect with. And, and I think this is also especially true in high school. Uh, but, my, but my fear of being alone, my, my fear of being left out, my, my fear of other people, uh, also led me to compromise and to sin. Um, I remember early in grade eight when a classmate brought a dirty magazine to school and asked if I wanted to go look at it with him. And I knew that I shouldn't, but I was more afraid of being an outsider, of, I guess, not being cool. Um, and so I was more afraid of how I would be treated if I didn't go look at it, and so I went. And so my fear of people was leading me to compromised places and to sin. So, you know, Yoda certainly had a point when he said that fear leads to the dark side. Because in the early days of my grade 8 life, uh, my fear certainly did. And the, uh, the Apostle Peter knew something about fear of other people. Fear of not fitting in, fear of what people could do to him. And because on the night that, that the Lord Jesus was arrested, while he stood trial before the Sanhedrin, Peter 
was in the courtyard warming himself around this fire. Um, and when one of the servant girls questioned him about his connection to Jesus. And he denied it. And then she questioned him again. And he denied it again. And when a group standing around uh, that recognized his Galilean accent, uh, they insisted that, that he must be one of Jesus' followers. Peter swore that he did not know Jesus. And he called down curses on himself. Peter was afraid of people. Afraid of what people would do to him. He was afraid of not fitting in. He was afraid of potential harm. And he was so ruled by his fear that he tried to conform to the world around him. And in fear and shame, he ran out into the night. But then also, a short time later, as Acts 4 records, Peter stood before that same Jewish council, the Sanhedrin, and boldly asked, what is right in God's eyes to listen to you or to him, to God? Something had changed in Peter. What was it? Well, now, of course, if, if you've read the Bible, you, you know what happens. And, um, and our, our text today, uh, which Peter wrote, gives us a picture of the change, a window um, into a new life. Now, it's a bit too long to, to read the, the whole section, uh, so I'm going to read some key parts, uh, and I encourage you uh, to read the whole thing um, on your own later on. So this is uh, sections of 1 Peter uh, 3, 8 um, to the end of 4, 8. <clears throat> so, finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better, if it is God's will, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. After being made alive, he went and proclaimed uh, to the imprisoned spirits. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for human evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. 
They are surprised that you do not join them in their reckless, wild living, and they heap abuse on you. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Now, I've, uh, I've skipped over uh, a number of fascinating texts that would take us on a bunch of fun rabbit trails uh, all over the place. And we just, we just don't have time uh, for that in one sermon. Uh, but feel free to explore those uh, on your own or call me up and we can muse together sometime about some of these things. Um, but in all these passages, uh, Peter gives a lot of practical examples of what love looks like instead of fear. Something that he, that he knows about. And it all hinges on, on this part here in the middle, uh, which is a lot like what Pastor Jonathan spoke about last week. And so in, in, in verse 18, uh, Peter says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. And in verse 21, uh, while talking about Noah being saved in the flood, uh, Peter, Peter says, uh, and this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Peter here, he's, he's making the point that Jesus Christ died for sin in our place and rose to life again. And that when, when we are baptized, uh, we going under the water is the symbol of dying with Christ, of, of dying to our old life and, and rising to new life in Christ, to, to a new self in him, just as Christ rose. See, we, we all have that old self that is, that is mostly looking out for ourselves and for our own interests. And, and fear is a big part of that. Because who else is looking out for my self-interest if not me? I, I've got to always be on the lookout for, for threats to my little kingdom and uh, and my self-interest, uh, so I end up being ruled by fear. Fe- fear of loss, of, 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 what, of what I will lose if, if I don't guard this, this, this self and this little kingdom that I, that I make for myself. But when, but when I choose to follow Jesus as Lord, now he is my life leader. I'm not alone looking out for myself because Jesus is looking out for me and he has bound me up in his plans and purposes. So, so my old self, my, my little kingdom, my self-interest, and my old fears get to die with him on the cross. We've given up ourselves, our lives with Jesus, and we don't have to fear losing what we've already given up. And, and Peter makes this point uh, in, verses, in verses 1 and 2 of, of, of chapter 4, where, where he says, uh, whoever suffers in the body, is done with sin. Uh, As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires. Um, But but rather they live for God. And and so again, we, we, we don't have to fear losing what we've already given up because we can't lose a life that we've already given away. Once we've given our life to Christ or, or given up our lives to Christ, then there's nothing left for us to lose. We've already given it away. 
which is why then Peter is able to say in chapter 3, uh, verses 14 and 15, where he, where he writes, uh, Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. And Peter, when he says don't, don't fear their threats, he's, he's quoting Isaiah chapter 8. And it, it, and it clarifies the, this, this massive change that happened in Peter's life. That when Jesus is Lord of our lives, we don't have to fear because fear stems from loss and we can't lose what we've already given up. Now, I, I understand that, that the fear is a, is a complicated aspect of, of faith. Probably some of you have, uh, may have verses going through your mind, like, like Proverbs 9.10, that, that speaks of the fear of the Lord being the beginning of wisdom. Or, or even I, Isaiah chapter 8, verses 12 and 13, which, which Peter quotes here, uh, which, which speaks of a rightly ordered fear, uh, fearing the Lord rather than other people or nations. Um, and then, and then Jesus, Jesus says in, in Matthew 10, uh, to not fear people, but God who can destroy both body and soul. And then we also read in 1 John 4.18 that there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. And the sense, I think, that we find in Scripture is that, that God is powerful and is worthy to be feared. And that it is the perfect love of God through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross for us that drives out fear. So that Peter writes, in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. When fear is rightly ordered through receiving the love of Christ and in loving him in return, all other fears fade. So that we no longer live in fear of people but are able to love them as God loves us and as God loves them. And, and this is the love that Peter experienced from Jesus when Jesus died on the cross for Peter's sin and for ours. And this is the love that Peter experienced when the resurrected Jesus met him on the shore in Galilee and extended forgiveness and invitation to follow again. And, and this is the love that Peter experienced when he was filled with Christ's spirit and empowered to live and to love as Jesus called him to and, and so live free from fear. And Peter is able to call Christians to, to four dimensions of love which he draws out of our text because of this freedom from fear. And so, so the first one, uh, number one, uh, is live as a blessing. Uh, in, in verse nine, um, in, in verse nine, Peter writes, uh, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. Um, when, when followers of Jesus are free from fear of others. They are able to live as a blessing to others, even when those others are not being kind to them uh, or may even be downright evil. Now, this is way easier said than done. Uh, it, is, it is one thing 
to go and mow a neighbor's lawn or to bring them a gift at Christmas if you like them. Um, it is quite another if you don't get along with that neighbor or if you have to be a blessing uh, to someone uh, in some way who's being uh, hostile towards you. But Peter, he's pointing to this, to this changed life of someone who has nothing to fear or to lose and everything to give because they've already given up everything to Jesus and received everything they need in Jesus. And this, this is us. This is what we're invited into in Christ, to be a blessing even if repaying evil. Um, there, there's, there's a story of uh, a man named Dirk Williams. Uh, he's, a, he's a Christian uh, in the 16th century. Uh, and he was, he was being pursued by soldiers of a city who were persecuting uh, him and other Christians. And, and while he was trying to escape, he, he ran across this, um, this icy lake. Um, and he was in his, you know, regular clothes. And so he was able to, to do it. The, the soldier that was chasing him was much heavier because he was wearing, you know, some different bits of armor and stuff on him. And, and because of this extra weight, he, the soldier fell through the ice into the lake. And rather than letting the soldier drown in the icy lake, Dirk turned back and went to save him. And his reward was to be recaptured and tortured and killed. But Dirk knew a love greater than fear. He knew Jesus. And so he could repay evil with blessing. And I, I, I know this is, this is an, ex, an extreme example, but, but then Christians um, have been and are often called to follow Jesus um, and to love people in, in hard situations, to, to bless those uh, who do evil. So could you love like that? Num number, number two, um, Peter says to, to live as a, as a testimony. In, in, in verse um, 15, he says, uh, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. When followers of Jesus are free from fear of others, they are able to share their story and God's story with everyone who asks. We, we are called to love people enough to share with them the greatest story, the, the story of God's love in Jesus with them. And, and I love that, that Peter adds this, this little add-on to, uh, to, to say it with, res, with gentleness and respect. Um, when, when, I, when I hear those words, uh, I think of street preaching, um, which I, I kind of struggle with. Um, and I'm, and I'm sure that there are, there are probably those who, who do it in, in loving and caring ways. Uh, I've really only experienced an angry and condemning sort of street preaching that usually talks a lot more about who God hates than who God loves. And uh, sometimes it's easy to, to think that, uh, that 
if we've presented the, the message of Jesus and people reject it, the, then that's it, that we can, we can wash our hands and that, that, that we've, done, we've done all we can. Um, but I, I think that sometimes people reject the message of Christ because we can be bad messengers. Sometimes we don't say things with gentleness and respect. We don't say things with love like we're called to. Sometimes we want to talk about God's love without being loving in our actions. And so Peter is calling followers of Jesus to share freely about Jesus and to do so in ways that are consistent with the loving message of Jesus. Are you sharing the message of Jesus in loving ways with others? Point number three, uh, Peter says uh, to live in wholeness. Uh, verse, uh, chapter four, verses two um, and three uh, says, uh, do not live um, the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. Uh, for you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. When followers of Jesus are free from fear of others, they are able to leave activities behind that harm their lives and the lives of others because they have found a better love. And I think it's, uh, it's unpopular today to talk about um, sexual substance or certain spiritual practices as wrong. Uh, we, we prefer to talk about uh, consent and uh, being responsible. But God actually calls us to, to leave behind many things that are common and permissible in our culture when we choose to follow Jesus. And our culture and our friends may have difficulty in understanding why we would change many of our old patterns or behavior. They may not understand why we don't want to go party like we used to. But we let go of old patterns, habits, and addictions because we have found a better love, the best love in Jesus. And all of these, these old things that, that we try to use to, to fill the hole in our lives that could never really satisfy, uh, Christ offers us a wholeness that we will never find anywhere else. So that so that we can let go of our old patterns and habits and resist external pressure to join back in on these ultimately harmful things. Have you found a better love in Jesus to leave behind these old practices and habits? And, and number four, uh, Peter says to live a life of love. Uh, in, in verse 8, Peter writes, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. When followers of Jesus are free from fear of others, they are able to truly love one another. The, the notion that, that love covers over a multitude of sins, this is, this is a remarkable saying. I, I, I think of it as, as similar uh, to what Paul writes in Philippians, to, to bear with one another in love. 
to be patient. Or, or how, how the Apostle John writes um, that we love because he first loved us. Uh, or how um, we, we can't say that we love God if we don't love our brother and sister in Christ. When, when our love flows from Christ in us, uh, we are able um, to love others, not just, uh, or we are able to love others for their own benefit. Because that's the way that Jesus loves us. And it's, it's, it's too easy sometimes for us to, to default to, uh, to a finite, uh, reciprocal kind of love. Um, you know, where, where I can only love you as, as much as you, you love me back. Um, because, you know, we're just simply trading amounts of love. Uh, but but this, this love leaves us empty and in having to, to glom on to others in hopes of getting some of that love back so that we can be, you know, filled up again. But when Jesus Christ is our Lord uh, and we have received uh, our love from him, we are able to love others in a way that builds them up without worry of ever receiving back. And, and then, of course, the, the beautiful thing uh, is, is actually that when we love others in this way, that we, we often receive love back from them as well. But the source of our love is Christ. And so I don't, I don't know about you, but when, when I, have, I have found that when I have tried to argue or to uh, convince people uh, to follow Jesus in, in this or that way, um, or to, to let go of this or that vice um, in their lives, that it, it usually doesn't go uh, well. Uh, but when I, have, when I have loved people well, somehow God does something uh, in their lives. And I've been able uh, to see people follow Jesus and to leave behind sin. That love covers a multitude of sins. Not always, uh, but then I'm called to, to keep on loving and trusting and, and, and partnering with the Holy Spirit and what the Spirit's doing in their lives. So how, how are you loving others well? And you, you know, our, our series here um, in, in First Peter, it's, it's called Dimensions of Love. And, and, and so here we've, we've seen uh, these, these, these four dimensions of love um, that, that Peter has, has drawn out uh, for how we live as followers of Jesus. This living, uh, living life is a blessing, as a testimony in wholeness and in love. And that these, these are the outcomes of revering Christ as Lord. And I don't want us to forget where we started out. Because it was fear that led Peter to sin and to deny Jesus. And it was fear that led me to sin back in grade eight and, and many other times in my life. And it was the love of Jesus that saved Peter from his fear and changed him. And it's the love of Jesus that has saved me and that saves you. And yet if you're, if you're like me, maybe you have some fears in your life that keep you from fully trusting and surrendering to Jesus. Fears that, that keep you from, from aspects of his love and, and of being able to, to live some of these dimensions of love. Um, and I believe that like Peter, God wants to set us free from our fears, 
so that we can love God and others even better. And so I want to encourage you um, to to explore these fears, to, to bring them to Jesus and to surrender them to him so that we, can, that we like, like Peter uh, did, can be changed um, to live this love. And so, so, Father, I thank you for how you have loved us in Jesus Christ, how you continue to love us, how, 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 uh, Jesus, how you poured out your life for us uh, to set us free from sin, to set us free uh, from fear. And I, I pray, Lord, that, that, you would, that you would expose the fears in our lives, these, 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 these ways that, that we keep trying to um, yeah, preserve ourselves, these ways that we haven't uh, f- like fully, fully surrendered to you. We're, we're still trying to hold on to areas of our lives and, and, and areas of, of our kingdom of, of self. And so, Lord, would you, would you lead us by your Spirit, fill us with your Spirit to be able to, to let go of these things, to be able to fully surrender our lives to you so that we can live free and so that, so that your love um, can, can just flow through us to those around us. In the, in the way that, that then we share love with others, in the way that we, that we, that we bless others, in, in the way that we, that we uh, share about you um, with others, Lord, in the, in the way that our, that our lives um, bear witness to you. Would you set us free from fear and help us to surrender to you, Lord? We love you, we praise you, and we just seek you today. In Jesus' name, amen.